Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And again, that's what makes IndyCars so special. And we hope you enjoyed our opening 15 minutes on IndyCar. What did you think of the segment, Matt? You're shocked by it? <laughs> Always. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that we got it in. Are you saying that nobody heard it? He may have, but I don't know if anybody else has. <laughs> Okay, now you're obviously in the other studio today. So are we doing training today? What are we doing? We are doing a little bit of training today since I am going to be taking the week off next week. I was actually supposed to take the week off next week. <laughs> I was. Um, I, w- I was supposed to take uh, next week off, but uh, no, we made a change, so we're, I'm working. Was this for your trip up north? You usually do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And we had we we had to cancel it. And so look, I'm not you know we're, we're gonna keep the show going. Hey, somebody has to be dedicated to the cause here. All right, so um, <laughs> today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. You get the process going from the comfort of your own home at sunburymotors.com. I want to get to two things right out of the gate here. Uh, I want to start with uh, what obviously had to be a painful and extremely difficult decision for James Franklin to make. And that is the fact that during the football season, his family is going to have to spend it you know, Fumi and uh, Shola and Addison in Florida while he's here. I think you know that Addy has sickle cell and obviously is highly susceptible. James, as the football coach, is going to be around a lot of different people. And, yeah, he'll be getting tested all the time, but still, 
um, as loving parents, and James and Fumi are great parents. And I can tell you right now, uh, I think the world of their their daughters. This is a very tough, tough decision and a loving decision that they had to make uh, to do this. And they talked about it last night on HBO's Real Sports. And when you have to make a decision like that, I mean, this, I mean, those his girls are around practice all the time. Believe me, I've had enough hugs in my lifetime to know how often they're at practice. And it's, and and I can I can relate to him in maybe a different way, but I can relate to what he's going through right now. I think most people know, not everybody, but I'm not going to get into everything. I think people do know I've, I've I had a son that was born with spina bifida, and he has needed um, he needed two major surgeries and then he also needed a procedure in between where I can tell you in no uncertain terms the incredible people at Geisinger saved him. Now the procedures he had done were at Boston Children's Hospital. When he had the procedures done at Boston Children's Hospital, especially the first one, it occurred in 2007. And, in fact, it was the Monday after the Notre Dame game. When Notre Dame came in here, Penn State crushed them with, I don't know, 35 to 10 or some number like that, or 31 to 10. And he was in the hospital with for about, oh, I don't know, two months plus. And then as a transition, he stayed at my in-laws for another month with my wife, with Kathy. Well, that meant uh, I made as many trips as possible. In other words, I'd do a game, and then Sunday morning at 6 o'clock, I was driving up to Boston, would spend, you know, Sunday, Monday, and then get back, you know, sometimes Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, to then keep going. And every once in a while, I'd, you know, because of the length of the trip, I wouldn't do it every weekend, but did them, you know, like five out of eight or something like that. Well, this is back before. There's Look, there's no FaceTime. There's no Zoom calls or anything like that. So I didn't, I didn't have that. So that's the only way we could do it because we had a daughter younger than him still at home. So fortunately, you know, with my oldest daughter living here in town, we could work it out. But I I know what it's like to be separated like that, you know, for two to three months. Not easy. So in some ways, not completely, because this is going to have to be a complete situation for him, because I was at least able to go up, back, up, back, up, back. Um, driving seven hours a clip up, seven hours of a clip back. Uh, I can empathize with him to a degree as to what, you know, how hard it is and how hard it's going to be to do this. And But they're great parents. 
that's great family and they're great parents. Uh, they've really raised those daughters beautifully. They have a lot of respect and admiration for the great job that they've done. And that's uh, that's that's part of what we're going through right now. And as a family, that's what they have to do to, um, because of what ja- dad's job happens to be, but also what the concern is within the family unit itself. And that that will not be, that will be awfully tough. It'll be something that uh, he'll be dealing with. He. <laughs> The deep emotional connection he has to his family, you know, you know, you don't have to be a genius to look at look at James and see how he feels about them. And look, and he'll get a lot of support from all of us along the way through it. But you know, we can give him all the support in the world; it's not going to replace you know uh, what has been a great situation for him to have his family come over and have dinners or lunches or go to practice, something like that. And that, that'll be very, very hard. And that's one. Number two. I feel like we're doing uh, Austin Powers here. Number two. <laughs> Robert Wagner is number two. I think in, in one of them, Rob Lowe was the younger number two. All right. But uh, if you wonder why, or if you have ever wondered why, I take a more cautious approach when issues first break. What happened in NASCAR this week is why. I think you know, and I think Matt's now grown accustomed to in this show in the short period of time he's been here, that I take a rather measured approach because I want more information before I really reach out and try to drive the ball to a part of the ballpark deep. And the NASCAR situation with Bubba Wallace was one of them. It is easy to jump on any bandwagon and get out there and be the powerful voice and really drive it home in the whole deal. But I've always been one, and I've talked to my class about this. It's always make sure you're armed with all the facts first. Then you can draw a different... Then you can draw the right conclusion. And I've always told them, and this has always been part of the mantra, I'd rather have you be second and right than first and wrong. The FBI, and they did not send an intern over to investigate. They sent 13 agents to Talladega. And what they found was, is that rope that pulls down the garage door, yes, while tied in a noose, has been there since October. Now, the question is, who had that garage in October? It wasn't Bubba Wallace, by the way. Bubba Wallace's team didn't even know they were getting that garage until, I think, the morning the night before or the morning of the race, something like that. And it all has to do with what is your position in the current standings and so forth. Now, what I don't know is this, because there have been mixed reports on this, that other garages had the same kind of knot tied 
And there's also been a report that this is the only garage that had that not, not tied. Okay? So that one I can't answer. But I think NASCAR did the right thing of, first of all, informing him, because he never saw it, you know. He's not the one that discovered it. He wasn't in the garage. He even said on Dan Patrick today, Steve, that he that his his crew member, who's also an African American, didn't even want to tell him. They all all they wanted to do was just say to NASCAR, "Hey, we saw this, and let's take the proper protocols, and that's it." But then it was NASCAR's president Steve Phillips who was the one that pulled Bubba Wallace out of his mobile home and said, "Hey, yeah. this is this is happening. This is what's out there." So his team didn't even want have want to have anything to do with it with him and let him focus on racing. Right. Uh, he did release this. He said, it's been an emotional few days. First off, I want to say how relieved I am that the investigation revealed that this wasn't what we feared it was. I want to thank my team, NASCAR, and the FBI for acting swiftly and treating this as a real threat. I think we'll gladly take a little embarrassment over what the alternatives could have been. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any embarrassment here. Uh, make no mistake... Though some will try, this should not detract from the show of unity, which it shouldn't, uh, that we had on Monday and the progress we've made as a sport to be a more welcoming environment for all. First of all, the show of unity was incredible. All right. Regardless of the circumstances, it's incredible. And I don't think there's any embarrassment to say, hey, look, we found this. Then you find out. Because let, let's let's remember Everything's closed down right now. And even access for teams to get into these garages is limited until they get there. So I think one of the concerns NASCAR had was, okay, who had access to the garage, you know, before this race? Well, who could it have been? You know, I think the fear was it was somebody within... Right, the circle. I think that was the fear, and it turns out, of course, it's been there since since October. Uh, and I think they're relieved that, in other words, because I remember looking at the show of Unity, obviously on Sports Center, and I thought, I wonder if there's one person in there that's responsible for this that's out there walking, because again, what's the access? Now, I was a little concerned with Bob Pockrush yesterday, who was great, by the way. But when I asked him about, don't they have cameras? Well, he says, they might not all have been working. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> Isn't this great? Uh, but I'll say this about the FBI. They got in there, and they took care of this right away. I mean, and, and again, they didn't send an intern. They sent 13 agents. And that's why, if you want to know why, I, when something breaks like that, why I don't go into something full bore right away. I want, I always have wanted more information. I'm more measured in how I approach things because I'm concerned about improper overreaction. That makes sense to you? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Brooks Kepka withdrew from the Travelers today. His caddy, Ricky Elliott, tested positive for corona. Uh, 
he said he said Elliot's fine um but Elliot in his group Elliot's came back as positive Graham McDowell's caddy Ken Bomboy tested positive so he had to withdraw Webb Simpson and Chase Kepka also pulled out both players tested negative but decided against playing out of an abundance of caution This is actually a, one of those full-bore fields, too, except for uh, Tiger Woods. Cameron Champ tested positive. He's out. Nick Wadney already did test positive. Um, what happened was there was a family friend in Orlando, and Elliot, who was Kepka's caddy, uh, joined Comboy, who was McDowell's caddy, at a funeral of a close friend in Orlando. And they believe that they might have been exposed when traveling back to Orlando after McDowell missed the cut in Fort Worth. They think that's where it may have happened. So, uh, Malcolm Brogdon tested positive from the Pacers. Okay, but he says I'm gonna, I'm playing in Orlando. He, he feels perfectly fine. Charlie Blackman of the Rockies tested positive, but again, they don't have to. They're not going back for another. They don't start until July 24th. He says he feels perfectly fine. What we need is a nice benign couple of days where we can maybe have some fun at some point and talk about positionally what you the fans would consider the greatest Penn State players at each position hey we've talked about a lot of heavy stuff at some point we need to talk about some light stuff just to have some fun don't you think Matt I'm all for it although you're leaving for vacation taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones sunbury motors fourth straight in sunbury sunbury motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in hummel's wharf and online at sunburymotors.com you want great product lines they've got it ford lincoln Kia, Hyundai, and awesome pre-owned inventory. All at sunburymotors.com. And you can really get everything going from the comfort of your own home. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. And don't forget the great service department they have at Sunbury Motors. Mark Wogenrich, Sports Illustrated, next uh, half hour. We'll talk with him. Uh, Penn State had football coach uh, James Franklin last night talked about his team as well, and he did reveal that there are a number of players who have decided not to come back to Happy Valley during the Nittany Lions phase return to campus. Now, that doesn't mean they won't be back in August. It doesn't mean they won't be back in late July, but they're not here now. And this goes back to what James said. Oh, I want to go back to April, maybe. And he said, look, you may have as, I mean, he he threw out a number. He says, you may have have as many as 10% not come back. 
Well, 10% not coming back would be 12. He said, you could have as many as that. And again, because they're uneasy. Can you blame anybody that you're you're uneasy? But that is something that uh, may have surprised some people, but he'd already been open about this for two months anyway, that it was a possibility. But again, you have a phased reopening uh, that Penn State's in. The phase this week were the additional football players that didn't come in in phase one, like Micah Parsons was one, Noah Kane was another, I believe. And you had basketball players coming in. Uh, Men's and women's basketball players coming in. And now men's and women's basketball players are going through their seven-day quarantine now. Football's working out. The workouts are in Haluba Hall. They've got everything spread out in Haluba all over the place. They're, They're doing this in shifts. And then the players themselves can organize their own workouts. They have uh, three of those workouts in Haluba a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, usually for most of them. And James said uh, right now in the phase return to campus, a number of players have decided not to come back during this phase return to campus. Whether that means they stay out the – and the other part for football, too, is that the the recruits – that uh, were not early entries, they were allowed to come back this week for football. And, of course, I would guess that all of them have Zoom classes in the second summer session. It's important to get, get the academic ball rolling and start earning credits and put uh, those credits and grades and GPAs and the process in the bank. I think everyone knows by now that uh, students will have to wait for a chance to buy student season tickets. Um, And so we play the waiting game there. This is all part, look, you have to take all this stuff one step at a time. And I know everyone wants answers now. Um, And that's the tough part. You want answers now. Well, you're not getting answers now. University of Connecticut, you've heard Kevin and me talk about the financial problems they have, and they are steep. Uh, They have decided to drop four sports. Uh, the four sports that UConn will be eliminating will be men's cross country, men's swimming and diving, men's tennis, and the women's rowing teams. So UConn will go from 24 back to 20 sports. So far, four-year colleges have eliminated 126 sports programs because of the budget. Hardest hit sport, by the way, uh, so far has been tennis. Eight men's programs and seven women's programs in tennis have been eliminated. So that's been the hardest hit sport to this point. And like I said, 
when we get to who's the greatest quarterback in your opinion of all time, who's the greatest linebacker and so forth, or your top three linebackers, first, second team, those will be fun shows to do, Matt. <laughs> yes, especially with these last uh, few months or so, the last few weeks. Yeah. yeah. But that's... Zeke Elliott, by the way, who didn't want his, his test revealed. Who does? I mean, they're HIPAA laws. Somebody leaked it. Uh, but he says, look, I'm doing fine. He says, I feel good. He was in a Zoom call. He says, I had maybe one or two days I felt symptoms. Even then, it wasn't that bad. I had a cough, a little bit of uh, shortness of breath. He says, now I feel great. I feel normal. Those are words that we wish we heard from the back corner office. I feel normal. <laughs> I think he'll be the first to tell you that he that you may not ever hear him say something like that. Well, even if he does, we think it'll, it'll be made up. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this is, you know. Baseball is going to go. The Baseball Hall of Fame, by the way, is reopening on Friday. And the you saw, did you see all the the uh, new rules for baseball? Yes. Yes. The what's interesting about first of all the universal DH both leagues so forth, but it's going to be the one that the New York Penn League brought in two years ago. When you get to the tenth inning. You start the 10th inning with a runner on second. And it's the person who made the last out in the previous inning. The first season they put it in was 2018. And I said on the broadcast, I'm not crazy about this rule, but I said I'm willing to be open-minded to give it six weeks and see how it plays out. I said, I might change my mind. So the first game of the season in 2018, it's a tie. So they start out with the runner on second. I'm like, all right, we'll see. And I think Williamsport won the game. The next night, as they do with the opening game of the the season, the opening series of the season, After playing in State College on opening night, they went to Williamsport for Williamsport's opener. And ironically, again, the game is tied. (laughs) The fans down below the broadcast booth, when they trot the runner out to second, start chanting, that's not baseball. <laughs> That's I mean it's loud. That's not baseball. <laughs> and of course I had to chuckle on the air because I mean first of all it was a great champ. And Stanley Espinal hit a two run homer. And the Spikes ended up winning the game. And you know, but Williamsport still had to hit in its half of the tenth, but State College won the game. Well, as the season went, it happened a few more times, and obviously they played with it last year. To be honest about Matt, you get used to it. It really, I was like, okay, it's like becomes it becomes a part of what the game is, and 
Uh, I don't think there's been a game the last two years that went over 11 innings. The longest Spice game was 15, 16 innings. 16 innings. And I was on vacation at Cape Cod when that game was played, so I didn't see it. So the longest game I've done is 14. Longest game I've done is 14 innings. But I don't think they've had a game that's gone past the 11th in the two years of the rule. And there's different ways to play it. I mean, for example, you know, it's a lot like uh, you want the ball, you want to be on defense first in overtime in college because you want to know then what you have to do. To me, being the home team is a huge advantage because if you can get out of the inning, you can then strategically do something in the bottom half of the inning. You can bunt the runner to third now with one out, a fly ball, pass ball, error, base hit, uh, wild pitch. Uh, A variety of things can get that runner home. So there are different ways to play it. Uh, So there actually will be some strategy involved depending on what the team does in the top half of the inning. So I'm not completely against that rule. I mean, it's not the way I've always seen baseball played. But after broadcasting it for two years like that, I'll be honest with you. You do get used to it. Doesn't sound like you're going to get used to it, but you might get used to it. And maybe we will, Steve, but... And I'm okay with it just because of the pandemic sake in this circumstance, but I would not want to see it in a regular 162-game setting. But maybe you're right. Maybe we all might get used to it with this 60-game season that we're going to have because a lot of this season is going to be unusual anyway. Well, it's going to be unusual, but here's the reason they're doing it. The reason they're doing it is this. They're trying to keep, in other words, you know, you're sweating. Yeah, keep and, the game. And, get, get everybody out as quick as they can. No, get everybody out of there as quickly as possible. And I'm talking about because, you know, you're not worried about getting the fans out of there. There aren't going to be any. So you're trying to get the players out of there as quickly as possible so you avoid, and you also avoid the, uh, excuse me, but we are out of pitchers. Because I can tell you right now, in the in the 16-inning game, the Spikes won, I don't know, two, three years ago, the center fielder was the was the winning pitcher. He was. One and oh with a nine ERA. <laughs> but see, that's also to me, Steve, that's baseball and that's the beauty of the sport too, is if it continues to go long and long like that, that's what also kinda makes it sure it's long, but also it still kinda makes it interesting and exciting because you have Something you have a, a player that's normally not on the mound or or whatever in that situation in that situation. Well, that's the only thing that you take yeah, away yes from no. by doing this rule. Yes and no. I think the usually in general, the first couple of innings of extra innings are interesting because it's close, and then I think you start to lose interest, and then suddenly somebody vaults in there and looks at the TV and says, oh, they're in the 16th, you tune back in because now you want to see what happened. 
right? That's, um, but there's a point where people are like, oh, geez. I can tell you right now, in extra innings, most times after the 11th inning, Matt, people leave. They have something to do. You know, they got to go to work the next day, something. Uh, even the major leagues, they start to leave. It's a lot like... Um... <laughs> Did you read this Facebook post from John? I did not. Is Matt having to retrain Kevin for next week? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. <laughs> I can confirm that is not the case. Oh, my goodness. Oh. John, remember, we're trying to make the show successful. All right, so. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I did get a, an email from the suit. I think he thinks we didn't know this stuff, but that's okay. They sort of got a hold of us first. Uh, they have rescheduled the Truman H. Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament to Wednesday, August 5th. They're going to limit the field to 30 teams. First come, first serve. They'll be offering one grouping as opposed to a morning and afternoon flight. Uh, now, obviously, there's, there's going to be... Um, this is the 29th year, so they're looking forward to the 30th year. This is to honor. I mean, this is a great way to honor Truman's life, who gave back so much. Um, and then they've got some. Uh, they want again. This is uh, to help out the Sunbury Y. So Adam Purdy put out this this uh, email to all of us in the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA, and um, but we're going to play the tournament. We're going to play. I'm excited. I can't wait. <laughs> Is Matt having to retrain Kevin for next week? Oh, John. <laughs> oh, John, don't you think I've suffered enough? All right, wait. <laughs> John, I started the show having everyone think that we were talking about IndyCar. I was hoping we would appease someone in the corner office there was a moment where Matt bought it <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK brought to you by Sunbury Motors alright brought to you by uh, Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury Sunbury Motors Q routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf Avery Bradley is not going to play in the bubble in Orlando for the Lakers. He's an important part of what they're doing because he's the distributor. But he has a six-year-old that would be in the, the vulnerable category. And because of that, he is he is doing absolutely the right thing. I would, you know, I would think that no matter, you know, if you're Frank Vogel, the coach, or you're um, Rob Polinka, the GM. You'd be looking at him saying, hey, look, you have to do what's best for your child. And so that's he, he's decided he's not going to come back and play. I, I've i said this from the beginning, and I've been consistent about this. Whether it's a fan, whether it's a worker, whether it's a student, 
whether it's an athlete, a coach, whomever it may be, if they decided in this environment that in this particular season they weren't comfortable or in this particular job or whatever it may be, not comfortable, then I totally respect that. You don't have to come back. I mean, I know it. Let's take my classroom. I, they asked me what I wanted to do, and I said, I want to teach in person. I said, but I told them, I said, I'm going to set it up in such a way where my laptop is always there, and whomever can't make it or is uncomfortable being there or doesn't feel well on a particular day, I'm going to have the Zoom set up there so they're a part of the class, even if they don't physically have to be there. Right? I'd rather teach in person because it just I think it's a better experience and they get more out of it. I also like, and the other part too is when I have projects in my class, we play the projects back in class so everybody can hear what everybody is doing. That way I can point out that's really good. I like that. Maybe you need to tweak that. When I'm telling somebody they need to tweak something, it's a message to everybody in the class to think about it in a certain way. So you're trying to group teach. When they're just handing in projects individually, nobody's getting the benefit of hearing somebody else's pluses and tweaks that they need along the way because it's it's to benefit them too. That's why I like to teach that way in person. But if somebody needs to be on Zoom and is not comfortable, I want them still to take the class and still be a part of it. Uh, I mean, that's how my approach is going to be with it. Because I'm comfortable teaching it that way. Mark Wolverich, SI.com in the next half hour. Believe uh, Matt is. Where are you going? Fiji, Guam? Uh, no, to Ohio. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and at sunburymotors.com here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.